You're listening to Small But Mighty, the podcast of the Small Nonprofits Alliance, the online hub for Australia's small charities. Hello, everyone. I'm Bianca Crocker, the founder of the Small Nonprofits Alliance. I'm here today with Tanya Burston, the founder of My Cause, an online digital fundraising platform and one of our partners at the Small Nonprofits Alliance. Uh, hello, Tanya. Hello, how are you? I'm great, thanks. It's so good to have you on the podcast today. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. So can you tell us a little bit more about My Cause and how you work to support charities? Sure. My Cause started about 11 years ago uh, when we saw a real need in the market for online fundraising for people to create a fundraising page and support their favourite charities. And since then, the platform has obviously grown and evolved and we now have um, uh, about 10,000 charity partners who use our platform in various ways from donations, peer-to-peer fundraising, events, campaigns and crowdfunding. So you've got obviously so much experience in fundraising online and in a digital sense. So can you explain to us exactly and for our listeners what um, what actually is digital fundraising? So what does it really mean? So I think the meaning of digital fundraising has really evolved over time. It sort of started to mean, you know, you need an online donation form on your website. But I think it's really evolved to say, to be um, uh, sending out your campaigns and talking to your supporters in an online environment using digital tools, which, of course, include a donation facility, but it's more than that. It's much broader. It's it's about using other digital tools, and it's also about tracking data, seeing where your donations are coming from, and sort of continually optimising to make sure that you're talking to people and catching the right people in the right way so that they'll uh, become your donors and supporters. Yeah, and and why do you think this type of fundraising is so important, particularly for small not-for-profits? Well, firstly, everybody lives online nowadays, and, you know, especially what we're seeing now with uh, COVID-19, you know, people have even moved more online. But that shift was happening already. And older-style fundraising like direct mail is very expensive, so it's also out of um, – it's just uh, too hard for a lot of small organisations to afford uh, direct mail. That's not to say that direct mail doesn't work and it's not to say direct mail doesn't have its place. But for organisations that are newer, um, you probably never start a direct mail program. Um, for older organisations, you may continue with your direct mail program if you had it and if it was bearing results. But if you're a younger organisation, you just wouldn't start with the post. I mean, people just don't really get post anymore do they yeah it's a bit of a um a bit of a joy when something comes in the post you know and because I don't even get my bills in the post anymore they all come Mm. to me via email and things like that so Mm. when I do get something in the post it's usually a little bit exciting (laughs) it's usually (laughs) online shopping actually (laughs) um so what would be your um advice for some of the key things that small charities need to understand about digital fundraising and um, I know we were having a little chat earlier and we talked a little bit about passive and active um, engaging with digital fundraising. 
So I think the first thing is that organisations should have um, their websites well organised. So the first thing, and this is your kind of your passive or your low-hanging fruit, is that you need your Donate Now button on the top right-hand corner of your website. Don't hide it. Don't make people scroll for it. Top right-hand corner. And we know that your organisation is doing other work, like providing services, because obviously that's why you're asking for money. Um, so you have other priorities on your navigation bar, but the donate now should be top right and a high priority. That don that link should go preferably to an embedded donation form, if possible, and you can pick them up for free from many platforms. It should be a clear, concise, easy-to-use form that accepts multiple credit cards and uh, also hopefully newer things like PayPal and Apple Pay. Um, if you can't or won't do an embedded form, you can link to another form, um, which is which is fine as well, and most third-party platforms that provide that will also provide receiving. And the next thing is you need to make sure that when you accept a donation, where is that data going? So you're getting a first name, last name, email address, mobile phone number. You need to house that data in a database somewhere. And we know that that can be a tricky and maybe even an expensive conversation. But um, it's always good to just get started with a good database because over time you're going to be appealing and emailing and talking to those supporters. So you want to make sure you don't lose that data and you've got it nicely housed, safe, private because you have obligations uh, with privacy um, and really usable. And so when you mentioned database there, you're talking about something more than just like a database, like an Excel spreadsheet that stores all the information. You're talking about more around a relationship management system as well. Is that correct? Yeah. So Excel spreadsheet is not a good way to house your data and I would say that you shouldn't do it because there's too much danger around privacy of a spreadsheet mm -hmm. getting lost, getting shared, and too much um, hard work for you to keep it up to date as well. Too hard to share if members of the organisation move on and, you know, volunteers move on and so on and so forth. So there are free options on the market uh, to find, and a lot of them have a or a lot of really, really good databases offer free not-for-profit licences. So I think that that is a low-hanging fruit. Get your database sorted out. Get your donate button. The next thing is it's a great idea if you can have on your website a button or an opportunity for people to start fundraising for you. So we love fundraisers because fundraisers bring us other donors. We love donors too, but one fundraiser can bring you multiple donors. So whilst one donor is highly valuable um, and we love them and thank you very much for your donation, if that donor becomes a fundraiser and they can bring you another 50 donors, that's highly valuable. So in this day of digital fundraising, make it easy for them. Mm, yep. Yep, that's that's a really great tip. And we know that the... Um, the realm of peer-to-peer -peer fundraising where these fundraisers that you're talking of, are that's a growing area. So individuals are getting their friends and family and work colleagues to support them in a cause that's close to their heart. That's really important and it is a growing area. So that's a really great 
um, great thing to mention to our listeners around getting something like that accessible on their website. So it makes it really easy for someone who is a supporter and who wants to do something, makes it easy for them to do that. I was just going to say, if you link to a third-party platform, it makes your life a lot easier in that they can set up their page straight away uh, with the funds coming directly to the charity. And if you are a small not-for-profit, um, you have less time, you have less resources, you want to use these facilities that make it super easy for your supporter and also super easy for you. And obviously, you're talking about third-party um, third suppliers that can do these things. And your platform, MyCause, is one of these such places. And we'll touch on um, some of those tools a little bit later. And uh, people can learn all, more about that and the service that you offer. But um, it's, it's really great to see some of the ways that small charities are able to grow their support and their networks through digital fundraising. I think... Um you know, so digital fundraising, we talked about the low-hanging fruit and sort of getting your website in order. So then the next thing to consider is that fundraising means going out and asking for money. So traditionally that means, you know, running appeals or campaigns. A large organisation might run four campaigns a year according to the season. A small organisation might run two. You might run one at the end of the financial year and at Christmas time, for example. So just... Um, considering how best to do that, um, which is now moving into the active realm. We talked about passive before. So that's sort of moving into the active realm. And how do you do that on a, in a 100% in a digital way? And what are some of the tips that you would suggest for people that they should consider when they're doing their appeals in a digital way? So the first thing I would say is to create um, an online campaign or appeal. You can use a third-party platform or you can use your own website if you've got the tools in your own website. And why that's a good idea is because the page is very shareable on social media, number one. Number two, all of the donors can be viewed on the page on a donor wall. So by fund by the donors seeing other donors, it really incentivizes them to donate. Mm. The total amount raised is also displayed. So that's very incentivizing as well so that donors can um, see what other people are giving and see the total because people like to be associated with success. So you're driving all the donors to one place, a page that has your story, has a thermometer with the total amount raised, has a donor wall, has a great donation form that's quick and simple and easy to use and they can even do on the fly. So what do you do with that form, with that beautiful page? Well, you're going to be posting it on your social media because that's your, your key digital platform, isn't it? Um, and you want to be talking to people on the platforms where you're active, which might be Instagram, it might be Facebook, it might be Twitter, or it could even be LinkedIn. So you want to be sharing that to all of your supporters. The other thing is you want to be sharing it with them by email. Yeah. So when you're, when you're sending out by email, you should definitely be using a proper email sending program. You shouldn't be sending it off your desktop. So that might be MailChimp or Constant Contact or one of them, and a lot of them also have specialised pricing for charities. Yeah, and they're really great at um, being able to, like you say, track open rates and click-throughs and some of those really basic metrics to see how your campaigns and appeals are actually going when you're um, reaching out to people. 
That's exactly right, Bianca. So you should be able to say how many people clicked and shared your Facebook post, how many people clicked and opened your email. And uh, some of them even have a facility where you can resend it to people that didn't open it. So when you were doing that, you might consider changing the subject line. So you might say, okay, 50% of people that received the email didn't open it. So you're going to resend it. But why didn't they open it? Was the subject line not compelling? So test a second subject line, maybe make it urgent, and put some urgency in there um, and send that email out. And you might need to send a couple of communications to bring donors on board. People don't necessarily respond to the first communication they receive. Yeah. The other- That's one thing I've definitely learned um, in, in fundraising is it's not that often what stops people from giving is not that they don't want to give. It's the sense of inertia. It's just not... It's just something they'll do later. So you have to keep reminding them um, or make that sense of urgency, like you said. Oh, 100%. And I do it it the same as well. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I get lots of things that I should action straight away, you know, even things in my personal life, even paying some bills and you just sort of don't until you get the reminder Mm. um, and that sort of thing. So, you know, it's not that people don't care about your cause, but um, it does uh, sometimes take people a little bit of time. So you might need to ask. A couple of times you might also consider asking in different ways so whilst you're you're posting on your social media and you're emailing it's great if you can get other people to post on their social media so that's called ambassadors but don't be frightened about that word ambassadors because I know that when we talk about ambassadors people often think of I don't have somebody famous they're not on tv don't worry about that an ambassador is simply somebody that will talk about your cause Um, to their own friends and family on their own social media. So that could be a client, a volunteer, a board member, or just, you know, a really grateful individual who shares the campaign on their social media. This is a great cause. Hey, everyone get behind it. That's really, really valuable because, you know, I'll tell you an example I always give. When you went to see your last movie, did you go because you saw it advertised in your local paper or did you go because your friend said, hey, I saw this great movie, you really should go and see it? Mm, yeah, that's a good Yeah, and it's a, it, yeah, even for me with reading books, for instance, mm. I, I rarely just buy a book because I see it in a bookshop or, you know, I read a random person's book review. It's usually because a friend or family member's told me about it. So you're right. Very much so. So um, uh, speaking of active, so doing some appeals and being a bit proactive around around that type of digital fundraising, is there another digital um, uh, digital fundraising aspect that you'd like to talk about or mention that's more on the active or the proactive side rather than passive? Yeah. So the proactive side of running appeals, you can run appeals that are just basically um, an appeal about your mission so you don't have to say we need administrative expenses. You, what you do is when you when you run an appeal, you appeal on your why. Why yeah. do you do what you do? You appeal on your mission. You know, we're, uh, we're, we're feeding hungry kids or that sort of thing or, you know, um, uh, we're stopping people sleeping rough or whatever it is um, your organisation does. So you're appealing about your mission and, in, and you're probably doing a great story around that as well. And then you're sharing that on multiple uh, what we call multi-channel. So multi-channel means digital in any way that you can on all social platforms, via email, via other people sharing it for you. Um, and then if you are able and um, 
tracking and tracing all those clicks and shares is a really good way to start um, improving on the digital work that you're doing. Tanya, what are some of the simple things someone listening today can do to tidy up, to start to tidy up their digital fundraising at their small nonprofit? Okay, well, number one, make sure your website is in order. Make sure that if I want to donate to you, I can do so quickly and easily and I will receive a proper tax receipt. Um, if uh, You can use a third party for that or you might already have it as part of your website builder depending on which sort of website you use. Get um, Make sure that you have people fundraising for you. So that could be as simple as popping up a post around uh, – the running season, I know things are a bit slow now with COVID, but um, around the running season saying, hey, why don't you run for us? Like, yep. you know, even if three people run for you in your local, um, you know, whether it's a city to surf in Sydney or a local run in any other state and they're fundraising for you online, that's bringing you multiple donors as well as very welcome funds. Yeah. And then, of course, that's all going into your fabulous database that you've attended to and you know that's all kind of plumbing it's the stuff that other people don't see it's not the sexy stuff it's not the fun stuff but it's your basic stuff that has to be done yeah I like that word the plumbing it's the plumbing and you need to have the plumbing before all the other stuff's going to actually start working so that's a really good analogy there thank you yeah that's right like when you're renovating your house you're always spending all this money on things that no one can see because it's all under the ground but nothing works properly unless it's done well yeah, yeah. So, so charities need to get their um, website in order, get their donate button on there, um, have a database that's that's trans like the information of their donors and the relationships is going into, um, and then at least have a fundraiser. Like, how can I fundraise for your charity? Um, on their website as well as a starting point and some very simple things to do. So thanks for those um, simple steps there. Do you have an example of um, a charity that's doing some of this stuff really well? Yeah, we had um, an organisation just recently with coronavirus that is assisting people in the Philippines, as a matter of fact, who are uh, vulnerable, vulnerable children and youth in disadvantaged communities. And they ran an appeal uh, for those communities around sort of hand washing and hygiene for uh, coronavirus, and they raised $28,000. So that is sending out an appeal to their network, their database, and then asking all those people to to share it. They got 62 shares on their fundraising campaign, Mm. and um, it was completely digital, of course. So a lot of people want to know how they can help, particularly in times of crisis. Um, So have an appeal ready to go out, and don't be shy to ask, and don't be shy to send it broadly to your network. And perhaps um, in uh, future podcasts, we can chat about how do you actually expand that network or the crowd. This is the crowd in crowdfunding. Yes, yeah, I think, yeah, that would be a great idea. Um, I think there's so much that we could talk about and um, you have a wealth of knowledge and experience with your time that you have been servicing not-for-profits, not just small ones, I might add, but many Australian um, not-for-profits through your MyCause platform and it's been really great having you um, to be able to share some of this knowledge in this brief podcast Um, so Tanya I thank you so much for your time we might even um, organize to have you present a webinar for our members um, down the track a little as well which would be fabulous so thank you so much for your time I really appreciate it if anyone is interested um, 
you can learn more about my cause and the tools that they have available for you. Now, my cause is one of the partners of the Small Nonprofits Alliance. So you can go to our website, smallnonprofits.com.au and onto our partners page. There's some details there about my cause and how they'll be able to help you. Everything from setting up your embedded donation forms to getting your online appeals right and your campaigns and crowdfunding and peer-to-peer fundraising as well. So thanks so much, Tanya, for your time. It was really great having you on the podcast today. Well, thanks for having me.